0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. And today I wanted to talk about something that has always interested me for a really long time and I'm finally getting some form of clarity. So I would love to hear your feedback and see if this resonates with you because um, it's been like something stuck in my brain for a long time but I haven't really been able to articulate it until recently from I guess a few books that I've read. Um, So the question is what is our point of choice because we know as a Jewish concept there's something called which means um, everybody is judged based on their point of choice and I'm not quoting anything from the Torah but just from what I remember I think that you're you're only judged if you may or may not commit that sin or may or may not do that mitzvah good deed so, but the thing is, like, I've always wondered, how do we figure out where our point of choice is? I'm not sure if it's our job to figure out what our point, of, where our point of choice is, it's just always been something that has bothered me, like, well, could I have even made a better choice in that point? Because, um, okay, so let me talk about some of the research that I've done. So, the first book I want to talk about is The Five Love Languages, so that book was very eye-opening to me because my love language is quality time. And I never realized why, like, it bothered me so much that I wasn't given a lot of time. Or, like, I would complain to my my husband or my friends, like, you don't want to hang out with me, spend time with me. And that's actually a clue to figure out what your love language is, what you kind of, like, complain about. Like, let's say after you have a baby, you're like, oh, no one made me a meal. Or, I you know it's kind of, like, it's negative but just a good way to figure out like what you constantly say like no one's doing for you i'm sure people are doing it for you but it's like something that you're longing for or hoping for so i really i realized that that kind of plays into our choice because um like you know they say like our first reaction isn't our choice either <laughs> on on that topic of choices but let's say like we as like in the Jewish religion we are judged for like let's say certain feelings because we are told that we have to feel a certain way towards God but obviously that's something that you we work towards throughout our entire lives but um, let's say like somebody did something to you and it like really hurt you on a very deep level and it's like hard for you to get out of that bad mood or that feeling of pain that might be because like your love language is x and that person hit a nerve and Gary Chapman even says in his book like if somebody hurts you in your love language like neglects you in that love language it hurts just like doubly as bad so that's just something interesting to note. um I also read the book Awareness by Miriam Adahan, and she talks about the nine different personality types also based on Um, Myers-Briggs, I think, I don't remember actually which personality type, but it's interesting to read that book because it will also give you insight into like how you react to certain things or what makes you upset or what fuels you. Like, let's say I'm a four. So like, let's say you're creative or you like the arts or things that really give you energy. But then there are also things that like really bother you to your core. It's interesting to know that about yourself because that will also make a big difference on your decisions and your choices and how you're feeling and on a certain day so just having that awareness basically you know the book's called awareness just having that awareness of what number you are could also help you and help you understand the people around you like if something is really important to them or something like a habit that they have it might be based on their their number and of course like none of this is to like is it's just to understand people on a, on a deeper level. And like, of course you could go to therapy also, or become a therapist. You might have a better understanding, but for those people who don't like, it's important to understand people on what, how, whatever level you're able to. Um, another book that I was introduced to by Rachel Tuckman is called the highly sensitive person. Now, that was really mind-blowing for me because like I it's always been a joke like in my life like oh Kila's so sensitive or like even in high school it was like a joke like I have a sensitive body like it was it was a joke but like it wasn't really a joke like anytime anyone would like touch my arm I would (laughs) bruise or just like things hurt me like deeply and I was like stop it I have a sensitive body but like it was really a joke like everyone would make fun of me about it but um then I saw Rachel Tuckman posting about it on Instagram and I was reading it and I'm like, that's so weird. Like, yeah, everyone did always say you're so sensitive. And then I went to the website and it, it was asking you like each question, like, are you, is this you, is this you? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm checked to every single thing. And one thing that stuck out to me, like really a lot is like, are you super sensitive to being hungry? And I really am, I wasn't sure if that had to do with like my profession as a dietitian that like I'm just, uh, and I do intuitive eating that I was like highly aware of like when I'm hungry and when I'm not, but like I definitely get hangry like to like a serious level And that's like part of being a highly sensitive person. And it's interesting because only 15 to 20% of the population is considered a highly sensitive person. So it's like for the rest of the population, like the 75, 80%, it's like, you guys are so weird. Like you are super sensitive. So, um, it just makes a lot of sense. Like if you're a highly sensitive person, or if you are around people that are highly sensitive, it would just, it would just give you like perspective on like why they might be acting so sensitive. And. Um, You're not alone. There's lots of other highly sensitive people, and the most recent book that I was introduced to it's called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Um, I heard about this book on the Ten Percent Happier um, podcast. I had already read the Gretchen Rubin's Happiness Project book because I have something called the Libby app, which is an app that you could get through your library. Just enter your library card. It's a free app and you could read books and listen to audiobooks right on that app and I'm always just looking for books to listen to because I was never much of a reader and once I found out that you could actually listen to books I was all in um I have actually become a reader since then because there are just some books like you can't read on Shabbos so um I just got really into like reading and learning about different people's personality traits it's kind of like my um hobby (laughs) but um it's really interesting that there's four different tendencies and she's writing this book specifically in terms of expectations. So there's the upholder, the questioner, the, I forget what the third one's called, it will come to me, the obliger and the fourth one is the rebel. And so the first one, the upholder will meet their own expectations and outer expectations. So like whatever anyone else asks of them, the questioner will readily meet their own expectations, but will question other people's expectations of themselves. The obliger has a easier time meeting other people's expectations, but a hard time meeting their own expectations. And the rebel has a hard time meeting outer expectations and inner expectations. And that was like a huge paradigm shift when I heard that because um, I'm actually a questioner, but she was explaining that um, the obliger is the biggest of the population. So most people are obligers, and I think that explains why a lot of people, um, if like they are working for a company or they are going jogging with a friend, they have an easier time meeting that expectation and I think that a lot of people like who are obligers and don't know about these tendencies will internalize this as something wrong with them or that they're lazy and I hear this in my office a lot like I'm I'm just so lazy I'm just so lazy and I think about their days like their mothers their wives they're working and I'm like how could you even call yourself lazy like this is just something that you obviously struggle with like I'm thinking this in my head or I say it out loud but like it definitely has something to do with, like, our natural inclinations, and I think it's just important to know that, not that you're, not not that now you're, like, don't have to meet, you know, your own expectations ever, but it is important just to have, like, things in place, like, if you need an accountability buddy, or if you want someone, like, I heard Gretchen Rubin say this on the podcast, like, if you want to go to the gym, instead of charging you, even if you don't come, because some people like they don't, they won't, may not even go to the class because they know the trainer is gonna get paid. So even if they're getting charged, they're happy that someone else is getting paid. If you charge them three times the amount, then they'll come. So that's really interesting. Um, just having certain things in place, and I, I've actually been like she kind of like, um, hit the nail on the head for this theory that I've had in my head. But like, there's so much like negative judgment that we have towards ourselves, and I've always been wondering like where that comes from. And I think that just like learning about your natural tendencies really does take away a lot of that judgment. And I think that she even says this in the book also that upholders are naturally more judgmental because they're like, wait, I could like... Um. Go to the gym every day. Get all my work done. Go grocery shopping for my family. Cook dinner and like. How come no one else could do it? Like, guys, get your act together. But like, that's just your natural tendency. Like, you didn't do anything, really, to deserve that tendency. It's just what God ordained for you. So like, you don't have to be so judgmental. And I think that that really does help. And it helps us raising our children because if we could see what their natural tendencies are, we could try to set it up for them that they could more easily meet expectations for themselves and for others so these are just the four books that have given me a lot of insight into myself and definitely into people around me and it just has made it easier for me to um because i'm actually a questioner so it's made it easier for me to know that like it's that's so like that's so my personality that like if i think something is like the right thing to do or that it will benefit me in any way like i don't really have a hard time doing it but if like let's say somebody puts an expectation on me and i'm like wait that doesn't make any sense like that would cost way more money or that would be super inefficient like i just have such a hard time doing it and she actually says that questioners help upholders because sometimes upholders will do things that don't really make sense but they just want to follow the rules so really none of this is like good or bad it just is what it is and i just i love like neutralizing things for people because like we really are like so judgmental of ourselves and and sometimes others so like this will be a way for you to understand just like it has nothing to do with you and your own decision it just has to do with like a certain personality that you might have and these tools and steps of awareness will help you make better decisions so um i really want to hear your guys opinions about this and if it has given you any clarity and um yeah please feel free to reach out to me okay i hope everyone's having a great day bye Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.